Welcome back to the DFS University podcast. I'm Steph C. here with our host. Chris Cope. Bring you our week 14 predictions and breakdowns for this week. As we move closer to playoff season, things are getting a bit crazy in the NFL. So sit tight because this one should be a good one. Welcome back again. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. After a brief holiday hiatus, we are back in action, bringing you this week's breakdowns. But before we start, I just wanted to kind of adjust our podcast schedule. Originally, we wanted to do at least two podcasts per week, but recently our schedules have completely changed. So we're going to be doing one one per week. Uh, we'll be uploading every Friday Friday night. We'll have a new podcast uploaded, so you guys could definitely tune in each week just in time for your DFS picks. So let's get right into the podcast. All right, Chris Cole, let's start off with the Colts versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Colts versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the over-under is 47 and a half. It's one of the biggest over-unders of the weekend. Um, uh, the Bucks are at home, and they are favored by three points. And obviously, as you as you know, in Vegas, when a home team is favored by only three points, it's basically Vegas predicting it as a pickup. So, um, you have the Colts who are fighting for a playoff spot, and the Bucks who are like hanging on a thread for a playoff spot. Um, this this could be one of the better games of the weekend to stack up on. Um, some injury news from that game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was ruled out, I think, Thursday. Um, the Colts kicker has been ruled out. Adam Vinatieri and... Uh, the Colts will be getting back uh, Paris Campbell. One of the wide receivers that could help out um, with Jacoby Brissett, you know, give him another pass catcher. Eric Ebron is out for the year. He's on IR. Marlon Mack is the starting running back for the Colts, and he will be making his return this week. The on the on the Buck side, there's not too many um injuries. I think that this game could possibly be. A shootout back in back and forth. Uh, the Bucks' pass defense has been bad all year. Couple that with the fact that the Colts kicker yeah, won't be playing, so you may see some more um, attempts on fourth down. I think that all like like as as far as all of the options on um, offense for both teams are in are in play. Um, Jack Doyle is the only healthy tight end for the Colts. He had a big game last last weekend, and uh, I think recency bias will have people still on um, still on him. And it's, and even though his uh, price got moved up around the industry, 
Uh, he had 11 targets, and I don't I don't see him uh, slowing slowing down in a matchup like this against the Colts. It, it, it could be the perfect spot for him again. And then on the other side of the ball, um, O.J. Howard uh, played like 80 percent of the snaps for the Bucks, and he he was uh, the highest targeted receiver on the uh, Bucks last last weekend. So, you know, hopefully he can build off of that little su- success that he's starting to have, and not end up on the bench again. And of course. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, those guys are always in play. And as far as receivers goes for the Colts, I like Zach Paschal, Pascal, whatever his name is. I like him um, with T.Y. Hilton being out and, uh, um, man, I'm drawing a blank. T.Y. Hilton and their number two wide receiver, uh, can't think of his name right now. That's how... Um, non that that's how much of that's how much of a non-factor he has been. So with <laughs> <laughs> with him being out, T.Y. Hilton being out, uh, he's basically the only option over there for Jacoby Brissett. And um, you know, with the the Colts like hanging on for dear life. You may start to see Jacoby Brissett use his legs more running around in a pocket and uh, trying to give his, uh, his uh, team a chance to win. And I think this this up uh, this uh, matchup uh, suits perfect for him because uh, the Bucks' run defense is very good. So the the, the only way and the, the way the teams have been beating the the Bucks for the past thirteen weeks is through the air. So. I think that that'll be an interesting matchup. So, do you think that the Bucks have the upper hand in this game? Um, with home field advantage, yes, I think they have the they they um have the uh, the upper hand. Yeah. Do you think that with Vinatieri out, um, like this is gonna affect their their gameplay? Um, it could, it could, for DFS purposes, it could help the gameplay because, you know, on fourth down is when you, you, you would normally kick a field goal. And if let's say it's like fourth and three from the teams, from the Bucks, 37. So, you know, you could kick a 54 yard field goal. Uh, would you want to kick a 54 yard field goal or go for it on fourth and fourth and three. Obviously, Vinatieri is one of the better kickers in the NFL. You would try to field goal, but now you keep your offense on the field and produce more fantasy points. True. So I did some some decent amount of research on this game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just based off of what I kind of saw, personally, I think that I'd actually stay away from the Colts completely in this game. Um, I don't see this being anything hopeful for them with the odds being stacked up this high against them. Um, definitely taking Tampa Bay all the way with this one. Um, research that I did says that the top three players to probably keep an eye on would be Sean Murphy, OJ Howard, and Ronald Jones. What do you think of that? Um... I disagree on the fact that um, 
the the Bucks are a team where it's like their their defense isn't really that good as far as stopping the pass. Yes, they get after the pass rusher. I mean, sorry. Yes, they get after the passer with their pass rushers, and they're good at stopping the um, run. But as far as like giving up points through the air passing, that's always you know that always happens to them. That's that's why their record is what it is. You know, um, I think that uh, yeah, sure. I I I do think that the um, Bucks could win this um, game. But uh, I I don't I don't I think that the coach offense is something to be uh, something to shy away from on a on a, a state like like this against us because you know we've we've been targeting uh, the Bucks defense all year with quarterbacks and wide receivers and it's worked out for most of the year so there's really no no um, reason to stop now. Okay, so what do you pre- what do you predict this? Uh, the score is gonna be. Um, with that being said, I I do think that the Bucks will win, but I think it'll be more of a shootout, like twenty seven to thirty one. Okay. Bucks. All right. Let's move on to the Ravens versus the Bills. Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Um, the over under is forty three. And uh, the Ravens are favored by five and a half. Um, this uh, this um game is a little bit weird, and you know I have to talk to you guys about the weather. Uh, the weather will be in the high twenties, and uh, the wind will be you know between fifteen to seventeen miles per hour, which is. Um, which is important because, you know, a lot of people will want to play Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson as they should, you know. And I don't think that if you do play those guys, that using one of their uh, pass options is a good idea because of the weather and, and the uh, wind. Um, that, will, that, that could definitely play a uh, factor. And um, I do think that it actually helps Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen because both of those guys love to use their their legs. They're basically running backs, you know. So um, I think that Lamar Jackson's MVP uh, uh, run, you know, uh, doesn't slow down here. I think he'll um, con- continue to have a great uh, season and great game. And you know, I don't, I don't see the Bucks. Um, I mean, the uh, the the Bills slowing him down at all. Um, he is priced up though. He's the most expensive quarterback on the slate, as he should be. And um, yeah, I mean, if you if you feel as though you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won this game, and also wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens won this game. Now, something that I would can consider if you're going to use like let's say you were going to use Lamar Jackson I don't think it's a bad idea if you use Lamar Jackson and the Ravens defense you know you you, you uh, stack the defense up with the quarterback or vice versa like if you stacked up Josh Allen with the Bills defense and you just felt that hey one of these guys is going to struggle in the wind and uh 
it'll just go from there. But as far as like tight ends and wide receivers, I don't think that I'll be touching any of them. And um, I'm not liking the price of Mark Ingram on DraftKings or FanDuel, so I won't be using him there. And I don't know, for for some reason, I just never play Bills running backs, unless it's like a very, you know, small slate or something like that. But this is a 13-game slate, and I think that there are better options. So, yeah, other than considering Lamar Jackson and uh, Josh Allen, that's it for me. Okay. So, of course, with talk of the town, Action Jackson versus Josh Allen, how do you think these quarterbacks uh, will do up against each other's defense. I think uh, the the Bills' defense is good, and you know, obviously the Ravens' defense has always been good. Um, they both could have success against the defenses, but I don't think that this is a game that will just be like if you if you don't touch this game at all. I don't think this is a game where like. This game is just a major shootout, and if you don't have any parts of it, you'll you'll um, lose. So, to answer your question, I think both both of those guys do okay, but they don't pay they don't do enough to pay off their salaries. Okay. Now, top ten in fantasy points. Uh, well, top ten in fantasy points per drop back, and number five in overall fantasy point scoring among signal callers, would you set Josh Allen to be a good pick this week? Or, you know, I guess just like you just said, like, it's kind of on the fence. Like, if you do, you do. You don't, you don't. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that if you if you want to pick him, sure. Go ahead. But I think that there are better options. So. Right. So it's not going to be something where – you feel like it's going to give major fantasy points or anything like that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't I think the quarterbacks from this game change this this slate at all. Like Gotcha. Not at all. So, how do you feel Singletary will do against the Ravens D? I think that he'll I said that's I, I don't know. I'm, um he usually has a a decent game, you know. Um if you want to be different and use him, I don't think it's a bad idea. Okay. I found actually in my research some matchups here, and you tell me what you think of them. With John Brown having one of his best seasons, you know, on with his time on the Bills, and Marcus Peters killing it with interception touchdowns, um, how do you think that they'll match up against each other? I think they'll match up uh, well. Um, I will give the advantage to Marcus Peters simply because uh, Josh Allen isn't that accurate of a quarterback yet. And, uh, you know, the wind will be 17 miles per hour. And that always will favor the uh, defense. You know, and, 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 and honestly, um, when the weather is like, like that, very windy like that, Teams just look to just focus on running the ball. So if he if he does catch passes, it won't be something deep over the top. You know, it'll be something short. And hey, maybe maybe he can take it deep because he is that uh, fast. But yeah, I, I I would I would give the advantage to Marcus Peters. 
Okay, what about Cole Beasley versus Marlon Humphrey? Uh, the same. I'm giving this. Um, I'm giving the edge to Humphreys. Okay, Co- uh, Cody Ford versus Matt Judon. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I'll give it to Cody Ford. Tremaine Edmonds versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Tredavious White versus uh, Marquise Brown. Well, Marquise Brown doesn't play enough snaps, so I'm getting to Tredavious White. He's been uh, probably the best cornerback in the NFL this year. All right. So it's safe to say you're giving this to the Ravens? Um... Yeah, I, I think the the uh, Ravens win. Okay. I think the Ravens keep rolling. But it could go either or. Yeah, yeah, it it uh, definitely could could go either or. But you know, at this point, like there is no reason to get cute or anything. Like, I'm not playing the Bills defense and Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson. You know, right? It's just not gonna happen. Okay. All right, let's move on to the Lions versus the Vikings. Lions versus the Vikings. NFC North matchup. Um, the Lions are plus 13. Dang. Yeah, they're supposed <laughs> to. So this is a, you know, potential blowout. The over-under is 44. Um, injury news. Start with the Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook had an injury scare on Monday night, but he said that he will play. And he's off of the injury report, so he'll be playing. Um, Adam Thielen, he's still having hamstring issues. He will not be playing, or I think he's listed as doubtful. But you know, I'm pretty sure when 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 a when a player is listed as doubtful, he's usually not going to play. Um, the Lions, uh, Matt Stafford, he's not playing again. Um, they will stick with their rookie quarterback, uh, Blow. Um, Carryon Johnson, he's on IR. So, yeah, so that's it. Um, with the Vikings, I think the Vikings will obviously win this game. This game is in Minnesota. Um, going up against a rookie quarterback. And, um... This this um game is a little bit weird. This this game is uh in the in the same uh it's in the same uh, stri- uh strategy wise as far as DFS as the Packers game. So it's it's hard to use up a lot of pieces in this game because of the spread, right? The Vikings defense is in play. Uh, the Vikings running backs are in play, and the Vikings wide receivers are in play. The Vikings tight ends are in play. Like everybody for the Vikings is in play, and I don't like unless you see the Lions scoring points or doing anything that this this a game will be. Um, well, it's projected to be so much of a blowout that it's like. It kind of makes it like it. It uh, kind of scares you from using anyone from this game because let's say the Vikings come out in the first quarter and at the end of the first quarter it's twenty-one nothing, right? And then at the end of the second quarter it's thirty-five to ten. 
and your guys that you pick from this game haven't gotten there yet. Like, let's say there's two defensive touchdowns, uh, a quarterback sneak from Kirk Cousins, and um, a rushing touchdown from a running back, you know? So let's say you have a wide receiver, and it's 35 to 10 in the, in the third third quarter, they're going to start to rest players. You know, they had the uh, the uh, Vikings have a big game next next Sunday, so it would I would just be cautious when you loading up on a bunch of players from this game because of that reason that it could be a blowout, and you don't want to take that chance of picking a guy that costs you know eight k or seven k, and they end up getting you four or five fantasy points, and it just messes up your whole team. Because the Lions are that bad right now. Well, you kind of answered most of my questions already. Um, the last time these two teams met back in week seven, <clears throat> uh, score was 42 to 30. Any chance at all that the Lions will redeem themselves? I don't I don't think that it will come down to that because when the score is 42 to 30, you know, Matt Stafford was playing any, any game that Matt Stafford plays, like he's one of those guys where he could be playing the best defense in the NFL for some, you know, somehow he would just end up scoring points. And especially in a division game, you know, NFC North battle, um, he's just always going to find a way to put up points, but he's not playing. He's not playing. Carry uh, on. Johnson is not playing. Adam Thielen more than likely won't be playing. Like, there are some pieces missing from this game to even make this... A decent game. A decent game. Right. So... What do you predict the score will be? I think Vegas is right. I think uh, the Vikings could win this game 21 to... 24 to 10, you know? Okay. So let's move on to your favorite, the Redskins versus the Packers. Go, Pack, Go. <laughs> so this will be short too. Um, the Redskins, it's the same as the the uh, Lions and Vikings. The Redskins are thirteen point underdogs. Um, the game is in Green Bay. Um, the over under is forty two and a half, and uh, there could be some slight weather. But you know what? Like something that. I learned in DFS, and I feel stupid for this. Um, whenever you have a game that has weather, right, and you have Aaron Rodgers playing, like, outside, and you're thinking about picking, like, him or, or his players or his pass catches and stuff like that, don't second-guess it because these guys play in weather. Or, like, if there's one person in the world that you uh, could pick in a bad weather game, it should be him. You know, he's playing in the snow last week and threw four touchdown passes. And I miss using any of those guys over there because I just uh, stayed away from it. You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that it would be a good idea, and I was wrong about that. So, um, again, in this game, uh, there should be a little win, you know, uh, maybe 12 miles per hour. Um, the weather should be in the high 20s. Um, and the Redskins, uh, they will be without uh, two of their pass catchers. Trey Quinn, I think they're doubtful or out. And uh, out. Okay, so Trey Quinn is out and Paul Richardson is out. So they only have Terry McLaurin and... Uh, 
Wims, I think it is. Yeah, Wims or Sims. I can't remember his last name. Anyways, um, the uh, Packers are the healthiest they've been in years. And um, this isn't a game. This is the same, you know, the same uh, thought process as that Vikings game. I'm scared to use a whole lot of pieces over here from Green Bay because the Green Bay defense is in play, the tight ends are in play, the wide receivers are in play, the running backs are in play, um, and they're going against a rookie quarterback on the road in a, you know, an environment that's going to be bad for him. And the Packers are starting to roll again. Uh, the playoffs are a few weeks away. So... <clears throat> Obviously, I think that the Packers will win this game, but I mean, I could see uh, Aaron. I could, I could see one of the running backs having a good game. But the thing about that too is, you have to be careful when picking uh, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams because, like, the coach came out two months ago and he said that he wants to get like. He wants 50% of the snaps to go to Aaron Jones and 50% to go to Jamal Williams. And that's literally like if you look at the snap counts from, I would say, week six until now or week four until now, and that's exactly what it's been. You know, one gets 51%, the other one gets 49 or vice versa. And it's been split right down the middle. So whoever's hot and rolling on that drive scores a touchdown, that's what it is. So, you know, hopefully this is one of those Aaron Jones weeks where he keeps rolling. But, I mean, he and he's priced up at 8000 8, So we have to be careful with that, you know. Hopefully he gets it done this this week. I'm, I might be rolling with him tomorrow. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Williams was the guy. So it will go either way. Um, and through through the air, you're not wrong if you pick Devontae Adams. You know, he's priced up too. And you're I'm, honestly, anybody that you pick from Green Bay, like if they have a great game or a bad game, it wasn't a bad decision. So don't second guess yourself if, you know, you guys come out and – you pick them and they're in a perfect spot and it just doesn't work out because the defense can score touchdowns. Everyone can score touchdowns tomorrow for the Packers. Okay. Um, now, do you think that the Redskins will try their best to keep the ball on the ground most of this game? And if so, how effective do you think that'll be? Yeah. Now, the the only way that this game is even remotely close now um the Redskins have have uh, started um, Dwayne Haskins uh, the past month or so, so we have a nice sample size of data to go from. And um, with with him, what what they want to do is uh, establish the run. You know, he hasn't. I don't even think he's thrown over two hundred yards in a game yet, and that's like something that Aaron Rodgers would do in like a hot quarter. You know, so. Their thing is to just run, run, run. And um, if they can get the ball run, uh, rolling, then, you know, um, it could be it, it could it could turn in, into a game, you know, and I the um, Redskins on a three game win win um streak. So they're coming in slightly hot. Mm-hmm. They, so, they, they got a little bit of confidence. Yeah, right they have some confidence now. But, you know. The thing that you have to do and the thing like the this is a perfect matchup for the Packers because at 
like all of their home games, they've all like, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, nothing changes, but all of their home games, they've come out like hot. So what you want to do if you're Green Bay is come out hot again and put the Redskins in a position where they are forced to throw the ball, something in there, something that they're uncomfortable with. And if that happens, then yeah, this this could get very ugly. But if the Redskins come out and um, Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis are real effective on the ground, then it could be a long day for the Packers. Now, as far as uh, the Redskins' defense, I'm pretty sure that their goal will be to stop Jones' run game. How successful do you think their defense is to be able to do that? Their uh, defensive line is is uh, good. They're um, a defensive line that I've always respected. Uh, you know, they don't. They usually finish the year with no more than four or five wins, so they're usually picking in the top half of the draft. And um, the past, like two two out of the past three years, they've picked uh, the best defensive lineman from Alabama. Um, so, uh, they could stop Aaron Jones, but the thing that I like about Jones is that, you know, he can be, well, you know what Jones and Williams is that they can be moved all over the field. Like Jones has been, you know, the, uh, Chiefs are, were in like, let's say I'm going to give you guys an example. Like the Packers were playing, playing the, uh, Chiefs and, um, we were running the ball and it wasn't effective, right? So the Chiefs were in a defense where it was uh, a three-four or four-three. But anyways, they had personnel on the field to stop the run, right? So the Packers purposefully ran a play where they where they knew that they would stop the uh, run, and then they hurried up and and uh, got back to the line of scrimmage and took the running back and moved him into the slot and just threw a quick pass to him. And obviously he was being defended by a slow linebacker and and ended up being a sixty yard touchdown pass. So it'll it'll be an interesting chess matchup tomorrow, you know? Okay. How do you think uh well we know that they're uncomfortable already, the Redskins are uncomfortable with throwing the ball. So how much more uncomfortable do you think they'll be without their main wide receivers? Uh, that's a good question, you know, and, and, and that's um, something that will be answered tomorrow. Now, the uh, Packers, I think that um, starting the uh, year out, the Packers cornerbacks were doing amazing. And then, you know, they just started to fall off and started to lose lose their, their um, focus. And even last, last uh, weekend, last Sunday against the Giants, the cornerbacks are playing great. And then there was a couple of plays where we're just like a lapse in judgment and boom, a touchdown pass, two touchdown passes. And then you come back in three interceptions. So it's just like, this is a bad matchup. This is a bad team. And the Packers need to take advantage of this being a bad team to build on uh, the confidence of the players. Like, you know, this is a young, the, the Packers have a young defense and they need to make sure that the guys are just focused twenty four seven. You know, because yes, I'm a big Green Green Bay fan, but if they don't come out and do the things that they have to do and need to do in order to win this game, they could possibly lose. So, 
this. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a decent feeling. It's, it's like I'm not like mad at, or you know, I'm not mad or upset. But you will be if they lose. Well, yeah. If if, <laughs> if, if they lose, yeah, I'll, I'll be mad and I'll be upset. But at the same time, is you know, I'm just a fan. These these guys are watching film and practicing all the week, all week, and and I know that the coaches are harping on this and saying these things. Like, yes, I'm seeing it on TV, and I know that they're seeing it on film and talking to them. Like, hey, you know, these guys on a three game win streak. You guys need to do what you need to do in order to win this game. All right, so let's move on to the Denver Broncos versus the Houston Texans. Denver Broncos are traveling to Houston. This is an indoor game, so don't worry about the weather. Um, The Broncos are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. The over-under is 41. Um, I'm kind of with Vegas on this over-under. Yes, the, the Texans have... The uh, Texans have um, DeAndre Hopkins and Stills and Will Fuller and uh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Deshaun Watson. They have Sean Watson. Man, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right there. Anyways, um, Watson is a great quarterback, but with this over under being so low, I just think that they'll that that they'll just uh, steamroll. The Broncos, like the uh, dang, it's like that. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I like maybe you know this is the this is like this is three three games back to back to back where uh, it's the same theory. Um, they're almost ten point underdogs, and so would you say? Like it's the same as the Packers and the Vikings yeah. games, like where they could just you wouldn't really pick too many people from here just because it could be a blow and they're gonna sit those those main players down. Yep, by the start of the fourth quarter, um DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, they could be on the bench. And that's not well, I mean Hopefully they have they would have got you there, you know. You, they would have hit value for you, and do you feel like after the Texans uh, win against the Patriots, like that's where their momentum is? Like they're just is that why you feel like they're gonna steamroll? Uh, no, um, the Broncos are starting uh, quarterback Brandon Allen, who I don't think is that good. Um, the Broncos are missing Bradley Chubb and the the Broncos like if this game was in Denver then I'd be like hmm you know maybe this this has the potential to be something like not like a shootout but like a solid game but it's just the uh, Broncos they don't really have that much uh on both on on both sides of the ball to Hang with the Texans, but with the, with with that being said, that the the uh, Texans have had some games where they just let downs, man. So who knows? But do you think Cortland Sutton could have a decent game this week? I think he could, but the Texans would be stupid if they did not double him. 
So he's he's literally the only wide receiver over there. They have Noah Fan at tight end, who's a rookie. But I mean, if you watch film on the Broncos, anything through the air is normally going through uh, Corlin Sutton. So. So, obviously, you predict the winner to be the Texans in this game. What do you think the score will be? Uh, 22-3. Tw- Dang! 20-3, to 20-6. A field goal? Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the 49ers versus the Saints. I think this one's one that everybody's waiting for to see how this one turns out. Yep. Yeah, so you have the 49ers are plus three against the Saints at home in the Dome. Um, The over-under is 44.5. Now, this is a game where, you know, this isn't, oh, this is going to be a blowout, so don't touch any of those guys. No, this is going to be a good game. Um, I like the Saints uh, running back, really both of them. I like... Kamara and I like uh, Latavius Murray. Um, if you're going to beat the Niners, you you have to get something going on the ground. If you don't get anything going on the ground, then you're probably going to just lose. And I think that the uh, you know the uh, the coach Sean Payton is smart enough to just know to to just know that you know hey we're going to pick our spots through through the air, but hey. Our our main focus will be establishing a run, and for the 49ers, you know, um, they're the they're the same way. Well, for the Saints, their cornerback uh, Eli Apple is usually in the slot or on the outside, and whoever he's matched up against, I think that they're just going to pick on him probably most of the day so they're going to try to get sanders or uh debo samuels matched up on them and try to have success there and you know kittle i think kittle is probably the the best tight end in the nfl so he's always a good play and he's always due for a great game and he's matchup proof so i don't mean i don't i don't care if they were playing i don't care who the Niners were playing, um, Kittle will always be in play. Do you think that, well, since the the Saints defense is really good this year, do you think that this is, that, would, that their defense would be a good pick this game? Um, their, their defense could be a good, good pick. Like normally the way that I play, um, I play, and I think about the running backs from a game. And when I normally pick a running back from a game, I usually pair him with a defense. And a lot of times it uh, works out. So if, yes, since I say that I like Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, then it would make sense to want to play the, the Saints defense. So, yeah. Do you think that not having Klein and Alonzo on their defensive line um, it's gonna hurt their defense. Um, it it could hurt their defense, but at the same time, like um, the quarterback for the uh, 49ers, he's like he's he's prone to just make some throws where 
it's just a bad dis- decision. And he's been lucky enough this year where a lot of the throws that he's made that were very, very bad haven't been intercepted and or taken back for touchdowns and stuff like that. So, um, But the Saints are one of those teams that, hey, if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. So, capitalize off that mistake. Yep. So. so who do you call the winner to be for this game? Um, I think the Saints win a close game. Maybe Score? 27-24. Okay. Saints. All right, let's move on to the Bengals versus the Browns. The Bengals and the Browns. Uh, the Bengals won their first game of the year last year. Hey, congrats. <laughs> last year? Last I mean, week. last last <laughs> a week. It felt like a year ago, right? <laughs> so they're what, like 1 in 13 right now, or 1 in 1 in 12. Yeah, they're one in they're one in twelve right now. Um, the Bengals are eight and a half underdogs. Wait, who did they beat? The I Jets. Can't remember. The Hi, Jets. Yeah, <laughs> They beat the Jets last weekend. Um, they're eight and a half point underdogs uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Browns are at home. I mean, Cincinnati and Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I don't I don't know if they're that far apart. So this is a home game from both of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the win, this there should be win um, issues in this game. Uh, should be up around 16, 17 miles per hour. Um, and there should be uh, some possible rain throughout, well, excuse me, possible drizzle throughout the game. Um, Earlier in the week, I liked the idea of using uh, Odell Beckham because he was cheap, right? But then I started to look at this slate even like this this game even more, and so I'm going to take you back in this podcast. So you have the Lions at the Vikings. That should be a blowout, but the over under is 44, so some points scored. Then you have the Redskins and the Packers. The over under is 42 and a half. So, you know, some possible points. And then the Broncos and the Texans, uh, it should be a blowout, but the over-under is 41.5, which is on the lower side. And then you have this game. The over-under is only 40.5, which is like I'm pretty sure looking through this whole slate, yeah, this is the this is supposed to be the lowest-scoring game of the entire weekend. So... It had me thinking, like, yeah, this is maybe they they feel as though uh, this is a running back game, or this is a just like random scores type of happen type of game. And if if your your um guys aren't on the receiving end of the two or th- the the three or four touchdowns, three or four possible touchdowns that happen in this game, then you're just asked out. So it it made me want to reconsider uh using uh Beckham also something I didn't talk about as far as injuries um last last uh Sunday um the Browns played the Steelers and lost and Baker Mayfield left that game with uh with uh I don't know if it was like a rap or something on his thumb like he he messed up his um, thumb so you have the thumb injury paired with the weather Paired with uh, the low over-under, it's just the writing is on the wall that to potentially stay away from this game. Um, if you're going to use 
pass catchers. So, so do you considering um, the Bengals? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Defense. No. Uh, considering their record right now, yeah. Do you think that they should just throw the rest of the season and just just for that first pick, that first? Uh, Draft pick. I'm so glad that that you brought that up. Um, so, from week 13, so from like week 13 to week 17, is when you look at these games and you look at these teams, and that's something I didn't talk about with the Packers too. You look at these games and you look at these teams, like even with the Redskins having won three games straight, so now they're you know. They're three and uh whatever three and ten, so they they still hold a top five pick in the NFL draft, right? If they were to win this game, you know they're they're not going to the playoffs. It would hurt their chances at containing a top five pick when with them having four four wins. Mm-hmm. And right now, the Bengals still have still hold the number one pick in the draft. And if they if they keep winning games, you know, it would take them out of that number one spot. So, yes, they're not going to the playoffs and winning. They might as well capitalize on their situation. Exactly. You might as well make a try to make something good out of something bad. Make some lemonade. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's that's when you're picking these these games, looking at these slates, looking at these records. And you're just seeing this, like I'm. I'm telling you, even if you, even if um, I, I'm seeing it every year, where from like week 13 to week 17, you'll have these teams. Like let's say it'll be like a really horrible team. They'll jump out to a big lead or something like that. They'll somehow end up losing that game because they don't want to mess up their draft draft stock. So. Even if the Bengals were to jump out, I can still see them losing this game. Like it, it makes literally no sense to win this game at all. Yeah. So what do you what do you think the score will be? I think, I think I'm gonna ride with uh, Vegas again on this one. I think it's a low scoring game, nineteen, nineteen to ten. Up next, we have the Dolphins versus the Jets. The Dolphins Jets. Um, the Dolphins are plus five. Um, the over-under is 45. Um, injury news, uh, the Dolphins' Kalen Ballage, he is on IR. He would not be playing in this game or any other game the rest of the year. Um, some injury news for the Jets. I think, uh, yeah, the Marius Thomas is questionable. And he's had a questionable tag the past few weeks, and he's still been able to uh, be active on Sundays. Um, Adams and, and Bell are, are also questionable. Yeah. Adams, Adams, I want to say Adams is leaning more towards doubtful. Well, and, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't think that he uh, plays at all. And Le'Veon Bell is questionable. He didn't practice all week with an illness. And honestly, I I wish that he didn't have an illness because I would want people to keep loading up on on him and give me an advantage. (laughs) Because um, 
even if he didn't have an illness, you know, something that I've noticed because I've I've been getting burned by him for like the past month. So with Le'Veon Bell, even with him not being uh, ill or like showing that there's an injury um, on the report, it's something wrong with him. Like he. Uh, either he has a shoulder injury or some type of injury that he's playing through that's not being reported. But um, his snaps, like he's only playing six. He uh, started. He he started the uh, season playing every snap, and now he's down to like sixty, fifty percent of snaps. He's not getting all the touches anymore. So even in a great matchup, I would just stay away because I'm I'm like. I don't see the games where he'll touch the ball 20-something times and uh, catch seven or eight passes. I think that those days are over. And uh, the uh, Jets, they're not going to the playoffs, so they feel the same way um, that I do. You know, hey, why why keep uh, trotting this guy out there, having him touch the ball a, a whole lot and – we're not even going to the playoffs. So, yeah, be careful using Le'Veon Bell. Even though this is a great matchup against the Dolphins' defense, be careful. So, being with all these injuries, questionables, doubtfuls, do you think that the Dolphins have a good chance? Yes, I do think that the Dolphins have a good good chance. This is a division game. Um, the Dolphins are unlike other teams that I'm that I'm talking about as far as losing games. Like yes, the Dolphins are horrible, but the Dolphins have three first round picks next year. So no matter where they pick in the draft, they will be okay, and they will be you know they they will be able to move around and get whatever pieces that they need to get in the first round next year. So them them winning or losing games uh won't affect them as much as a team like the uh a team like the uh Bengals who only had one first round pick next year. So uh would you choose anybody from the Dolphins? Yes. Um the Dolphins wide receiver situation is crazy. You know, they don't really have anyone there. But um, over the past, you know, month, while Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the quarterback of the Dolphins, the uh, starting QB, every, everyone knows, like, if you've played DFS, you already know how this guy operates. Like, he's the perfect quarterback for, uh, he's, he's a perfect quarterback to predict in DFS. He knows who his good players are on his team, and whether they are covered or not, he will get them the ball. So Devontae Parker is his best weapon on offense because of their running back situation. And, hey, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw the ball to Devontae Parker. So you can expect 11 to 10 targets uh, matched up against the this, this Jets secondary, which is horrible. So I I I think that Devontae uh, Parker is one of the better, like the best op, one of the best options to use at wide receiver this weekend. So, would is it safe to say that you're going to go with the Dolphins this week? Um, yes, I I think the Dolphins win this game. And what's the score? Uh, twenty eight, 
20 Dolphins. Okay. Let's move on to the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Chargers, Jags. Uh, Chargers are three-point favorites on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is... Uh, which... The over-under is 43, but I want to talk about this um, spread. So the, the, the Jaguars are at home, and the Chargers have lost, like, so many close games this year. And even with them messing up and not, you know, being, being able to close out games, they are still the uh, favorites, which makes me, like, earlier in the week and even now, I love the Chargers defense here. Like if 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 Vegas feels feels as though uh the Chargers are favored by 3, the only way that they could win this game and, you know, win it handily, the Chargers defense will have to make some very big plays um in this uh game. And I think that that, that could happen against uh Gardner Minshew. Or Nick Foles, whoever they decide to use. I know that they named um, Gardner Minshew the starter, but who knows? He could be out at halftime. Do you think that the Jaguars will have any issues with passing in the air? Uh, yes, and only because uh, the the Chargers activated um, Derwin James last week off of IR, and he came back and made an immediate impact. And he didn't play all of this, the uh, snaps. He uh, played a decent amount. But I know as the season goes along that uh, his uh, snap count will just go higher and higher. And I think that, uh, yeah, this is a, a, a perfect spot to use him. Well, to, to use uh, this, this is a perfect spot where I think that the uh, Jacksonville pass game will uh, struggle. Okay, so would you choose... Um would you choose any of these defenses? Like, who would you choose? Like, I would use, uh, well, you know, a, a team that I built uh, on Sunday, last Sunday when this came, I always make like a, a little dummy lineup of just like, just looking around and seeing matchups. So I've seen that Melvin Gordon uh, is, get, is going to face the Jaguars defense, who is um the worst run defense in the NFL, well, the 31st ranked run defense in the NFL. So that was just a play I just plugged in from day one. And even with me doing research throughout the week, I still like Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon is uh, someone that I'll, that I'll, that I'll use. Um, and the Chargers defense, you know, like I said, I always, I always like to correlate the defense with the with the running back that I like, and Chargers defense is no different. So who do you call the winner? What's the score? Uh, I say the Chargers win. The Chargers win um, 28-17 Chargers. Okay. Now, up next, we have the Chiefs and the Patriots. Chiefs and the Patriots. Okay. The Chiefs are... Three-point underdogs on the road against the Patriots. Over-under is 48-and-a-half. It's the biggest of the weekend. Now, um, the Chiefs are three-point underdogs, but like I said, you know, when when a home team is only favored by three, it's basically a pick So after the Patriots lost 
last Sunday and the and the manner in which they uh, lost, I think that that is predictive of well, that's indicative of uh, of this over under. So um, yeah, so with the Patriots, I was talking to my lovely co-host uh, Tuesday night. Or Monday, I'm not sure. And I was like, "Hey, I who do you uh, think that my quarterback will will be? You won't like it, but um, <laughs> it's a good idea to pick this guy." So I liked Tom Brady earlier in the week, and as the week has gone along, I've changed my mind. Total three sixty on Tom Brady. So earlier in in the week, I was like, "Well, Brady." is in a good spot against a team that likes to play fast and they'll be throwing the ball a whole lot, right? But he has an elbow injury that he's playing through right now. On top of that, his receivers aren't like they're just not getting the ball done. I mean, they're they're just not getting the job job done. So, I mean, in the Patriots, for whatever reason it is, this is going back to you know, years ago. I can never get the Patriots right in DFS. Never. I always pick the wrong one. And uh, so with that being said, I just, I I toned it down on Tom Brady. I was like hype about the over-under and stuff like that, but I just don't, I don't uh, agree with it. I think it'll be a defensive matchup for the, I think it'll be a tough matchup for the Chiefs. Um, and for the Patriots, I think that they'll just do whatever it takes to win. You know, whether that's giving the ball to Sony Michelle twenty times or Rex Burkhead fifteen times, I just I don't know. DFS wise, I would stay away from this game. Do you think that Tom Brady is starting to reach like that downhill phase of his career? I think he's already reached that downhill phase, but I think that uh, the way that his offense has been set up for him this year, he's been he hasn't been helped at all. You know, he lost Gronk, he lost he had AB for five minutes, and he lost him, and then he he lost Josh Gordon. So it's like, and and they haven't been able to really replace these guys with. Uh, the proper amount, like the 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 right players, you know, to um help him. So it's just been bad. Do you think? Okay, so in my research, I found a couple players. Do you think any of these are good to consider? Um, Travis, Kelsey, James White, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew plays defense, so you're saying that you would possibly like the like Chiefs' the defense. defense yeah. Right, right. Um, I like the Chiefs. I don't like the Chiefs' defense. It's just a rule of mine. I just don't play defense. Like, on a 13-game slate, I would rather find another spot than to try to pick on Tom Brady at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I wouldn't play the Chiefs' defense. But, yes, I would play Kelsey. He's the most expensive tight end in the NFL, and he's usually uh, uh, he he usually makes plays in his. Um, I don't know. It's just 
he always just finds a way to make the plays, and he he will get the targets from uh, Mahomes. So I like Kelsey and James White. Now the only way that James White is the only way that James White is a factor in this game is if the Patriots fall behind. So if the if the, if the game is like the Patriots are just like beating them and they have a lead the whole game, then you would expect Sony Michelle or Burkhead to have a decent game. But if the Patriots are down like 14, like they were last Sunday night, and when they lost to the Ravens, whenever the Patriots are down, James White is the running back to use. All right, so who do you predict the winners and what's the score? I think the Patriots win. Uh, I think the Patriots win... Twenty-four seventeen Patriots. I don't know. I'm gonna go up against you. You gonna you have the Chiefs? I think I'm gonna have the Chiefs for okay. this one. All right. All right. So let's move on to the Titans versus the Raiders. Titans. Titans. Uh, against the Raiders. Um, the Raiders are three point underdogs at home. Um, the over under is forty seven. Uh, the Raiders uh, running back, the Raiders rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, came out earlier in the week and he said he's been playing the season with a fractured shoulder. And I didn't look at the practice reports for Friday, but I know for for Wednesday and Thursday he did not practice. So um, this will be a good spot for him, but I think I'll just stay, I'll just stay away, you know. Um, there are other there are there are other matchups that I would like to exploit with guys who don't have a fractured shoulder. So um, the Titans um, they've just been rolling. The Titans have been rolling like the, uh, the past month. Derrick Henry is just he's just been dominating on the um, ground, and it may not stop here with the. With the uh, Raiders matchup, but he is the most exp- well the uh, the second most expensive running back on the slate. So, yeah. Do you think that Tannehill will keep like the momentum against the Raiders defense? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that he could have a good game here. Um, the the over under is in the top five as far as, like, um, the whole weekend. You know, there's 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 nothing in the 50s, but as far as, like, um, his options, you know, at tight end, John o. Smith is cheap. At wide receiver, A.J. Brown is cheap. Corey Davis is cheap. And, yes, these guys haven't had, like, amazing games or been like very consistent all year, but you could use these guys their pieces if you wanted to stack this game. If you thought that this game was going to be a shootout, so I wouldn't be surprised if I seen some uh, Raiders Titans stacks tomorrow because they are very very cheap. Okay, uh, who would you say is going to win this matchup? Um. I think the Raiders win this game. You know, I I, I think that uh, Ryan Tannehill has been able to live off of 
well, not live off, hide behind the fact that Derrick Henry has just been destroying for the past month. And I think that uh, he uh, that Henry gets slowed down and it, it uh, forces Tannehill to throw the ball and the Raiders are just prepared for it. And I know that the Raiders have or do, do not have the best defense or the best secondary. I just have a hunch that the Raiders' defense will be okay tomorrow. I know that this is one of their pretty – I think if it's not the last game, it's like one of the last games that they're playing in Oakland because now next year they go to Nevada. Do you think that – <clears throat> the high energy in the building is really going to be is going to play in their favor. Yeah, um I think uh I I honestly I didn't even think about that but yeah, um with 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 this possibly being the last game or one well one of the, I think, the last one. I, I think it might the next game might be or their last game might be next week. It's either this week or next week. Okay. But yeah, with with uh, this being one, and you know the uh, Raiders, you know quietly, sneakily have uh, an outside shot at a uh, playoff. So I mean, this is a do or die game for them. All right. So what do you call the score to be? Uh, Raiders. Raiders twenty, Titans sixteen. All right. Let's move on to the final game of the slate which is the Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so for the Steelers, injury news-wise, you have Juju Smith-Schuster out, James Conner out. Um, obviously, uh, Mason Rudolph, he is out because he got benched. So the Steelers will be going with uh, Hodges, Duck Hodges, Duck Collin, quarterback, whatever his name is. Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Devlin Hodges um, will be traveling to Litchfield Park, Arizona. To it's not Litchfield Park, it's Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> traveling to Glendale, Arizona to beat to uh, play the uh, Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Steelers. That's a bad spread. That's a bad line. Cardinals are winning this game. Anyways, um, the over-under is 43. Um, I like the Cardinals' defense here. I'm not going to lie. They're probably they're, they're one of the cheapest defenses on the uh, slate for FanDuel. And um, they're a way to save salary. And if you just think about it, you're, yes, they, they are the Arizona Cardinals, but they're going against a team. They're at home. They're going against a team that doesn't have that 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 is using their third string quarterback. They're down to like their the wide receivers that they started with throughout the year to start the year. They're missing three of those guys, and um. So technically, it's not even a full team. Yeah, it's the the guys that the to make a long story short, the guys that the Steelers started with this year, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Juju and uh, James Conner, and you know the the main guys, the guys that they started with, the the anchors of this team won't even be playing tomorrow. So, yes, Hodges has been okay, and you know, 
all right so far, but I think that he can easily be exploited by the Cardinals, and that will happen tomorrow. Now, with that being said, um, these third-string, second-string players, they may feel like they have something to prove. Absolutely. So this could also be a situation where they're like, all right, this is do or die. This is my time to shine real quick. Do you think this could be something where, you know, the Steelers do pull it off? Uh, I mean, I think the the Steelers have a possibility to pull it off. It may be, I don't know, and maybe they they do, but I mean, nine times out of ten, me personally, one of the cheapest defense in the NFL, going against a third string quarterback at home, missing a lot of pieces. I'm always going to make that decision to just go with the home team defense. That's cheap. Do you think that the Steelers defense had like has what it takes maybe to shut down um, the Cardinals run game? Absolutely, because the well, if you want to include uh, Kyler Murray in the Cardinals running game, you know, because he's one of the main factors over there. I don't think that they'll be able to shut him down. But as far as the running backs over there, I think that the Steelers uh, could um, slow slow down um, Kenyon Drake. And obviously, David Johnson has just been a bust all year. Would you pick anybody from this this game? Cardinals defense for me. I will. I, I will. That the the Cardinals defense will be on every team that I have tomorrow. Okay. All right. So. Safe to say that you you picking the Cardinals. What's the score? Hopefully seventeen nothing. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Twenty one ten, Cardinals. All right. So let's quickly touch on the Seahawks versus the Rams. What you got for me? Seahawks versus the Rams. Uh, it's a do or die. It's a. I'm, I'm, this one's going to be a close one. Yeah, I'm I'm picking this uh, game as this is my upset of the week, but it shouldn't really surprise anyone after the Rams win this game because this is a do-or-die game for the Rams. The Rams were in the damn Super Bowl last year, and now they're on the verge of not even making the playoffs because the 49ers and the Seahawks have just gone out, just jumped out to this incredible lead. You know, both of the teams are 10 and 2 right now. And I think that the Seahawks win this game. I mean, sorry, I think that the Rams win this game. What? Uh, I think the Rams win because. Crazy. I think the Rams win because um, it's at home. Yes, it's a divisional game. Yes, they're going against Russell Wilson. For those who don't know, low-key, I'm a Seahawks fan, but my husband husband won't let me be, so I have to be a Packers fan. You are a Green Bay Packer. Okay, I I mean I like the Green Bay Packers too. No, but you love the Green Bay. Okay, Packers. okay, I love the Green Bay Packers, but I also really like the Seattle Seahawks. All right, just Anyways, saying. <laughs> the Seahawks, um, I like the Seahawks, but yeah, I don't, I don't, 
I don't see how they pull this. And if if they do win this, if the Seahawks win this game, you know the Seahawks defense isn't that good. Let's let's just start there. They aren't that good, but they've been shadowed by the amazing play of Russell Wilson. The Rams defense has been better, and they've gotten better piece. They have better pieces than the uh, Seahawks, and um, I just think that they pull this one off to keep their season alive. You know. Because the, the 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 only way, like, this this may be the first, like, one of the first time ever since I've been watching football that if the, the, the Rams somehow do get a, I don't, I don't know. This is just weird to pick. This is hard to pick. Yeah, this is because be one of those games. The, NF, the NFC West, if you look at it now, uh, the two... The NFC West would have three teams from their conference make the playoffs, which is crazy. So you have, you know, the Seahawks or the 49ers would be the one seed. And then whoever doesn't win that division would take a wild card spot. And the other wild card spot would be taken by the the Rams. Mm. But the Rams have to keep winning. So, yeah. And now I just want to talk about this just because, you know, this is our old stomping ground. We're originally from New Jersey, New York, Philadelphia, tri-state area. And considering that we know how each of these two teams' fans are, Right now, the Giants fans are pretty disappointed with about everything in life. And the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> they could get a little crazy. Uh, how do you feel about them? Um, Eagles. I kind of feel like the Giants are going to win this just because, like, or maybe I just want to see them win. <laughs> well, more f- to add more fuel to the fire while we while we're recording this podcast, like literally fifteen minutes ago, my phone went off. Uh, Eli Manning is starting Monday night. Jesus Lord. <laughs> so, but you know what though? He might pull one of his crazy ass Eli Manning. Like I I can't stand Eli Manning because he's just a bum to me. But there be times where he just comes out of the blue and does some crazy work. So this could be one of those games where he's like, yo, what's up? This is y'all must have forgot who 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 was on his team. This is one of the last games of the uh of of the well, this is one of the last games of his career. Right. And and to go out uh, knocking out the Eagles? the Eagles from the playoffs will be something I'm pretty sure that he would love. So if wait, forever. hold up. So if they lo- so if the Eagles lose this, they're out of the playoffs. Uh, will they get a wild card? No, no, no. There is no wild card. It's wh- there is one team going to the playoffs in the NFC East, and that's whoever decides to win the division. Oh shit! So right now the Eagles are five and seven, right? And the Giants are two and ten or whatever, but they're not going to the playoffs. Right. But I this is one of those games where yes, what I was saying er, earlier about like teams and their potential 
NFL draft position and stuff like that. Eli Man don't give a damn about that shit. This is his last year. He gonna do whatever he has to do. Now I'm not saying he's a great quarterback or anything, but he gonna try division, to pull out one of his. Uh... No, he's he's gonna try to go out on top. This 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 will be his way of going out on top. Right, it's a beaten. little a little redemption kind yeah, of. Because if the Eagles lose this game, the best that they could do for the rest of the year is be eight and eight. And that's like not even a five hundred. Like you don't even have, like you didn't even win more games than you lost. Right. The oh you the only thing that they could possibly do is have eight wins and eight losses. And if they to, lose this game, and they would have to win every. They would have game. to win the next three games: right. fifteen, six week, week fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. And they have a, some tough. They they uh, still have well, not a tough game, but they they have to play uh, Dallas. Um. In two weeks, so and that's going to be the determining factor of who. No, if they lose, if the Eagles lose on Monday night, the Cowboys just have to win. And it's been a struggle for the NFC yeah. East. It's this has been probably one of the worst years I've ever seen in the, the um, NFC East. But yeah, if the Cowboys lose, I mean, if the if the Eagles lose on Monday night, yeah, it's pretty much over for the uh, for the. Uh, Eagles. Eagles. So who do you predict will win the NFC East? I still have the I have the Cowboys winning it. But it's hard to say right now because everybody's acting like I Basura. Have, I have the Cowboys winning, but I don't care who wins it because they're all not right. that good. Right. All right, cool. So that's all we have for week 14. Wishing you guys whole lots of winnings, whole lots of money. Uh, we just want to take a moment to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, listen to us on any of your favorite listening platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at DFS University underscore and Instagram at DFS University. See you guys next week.